0: Snap!
1: All right, what's going on, brother Hicks? Everybody, listen, man. Another episode <laughs> of the JL Podcast. I have another special guest with me, Derek Hicks. Derek, welcome to the show.
0: Thank you for having me, my man. How you feeling?
1: You know, another another day in the land of the living. Another day in this crazy pandemic. So we I'm out here, to, ain't we? we yeah, I'm just trying to make it through. <laughs> I hear that. I hear yeah, that. man. How's you know? I, but I, I definitely want to take some time. first of all, thank you again for for jumping on with me to do this yeah. this episode. I really appreciate it i do you're You're quite the busy guy, so I'm humbled that you were able to take some time out to to record Listen. with me.
0: first of all for the, for the boy, young Lloyd, I will always <laughs> take time out one and two, you know, pandemic man, I got a lot more time than I used to, so
1: Oh uh, yeah, I guess time is perfect..
0: Well, I I've, I've been home quite a bit. Yeah, the
1: audience is going to learn why why exactly you you yeah. I think you're so busy and why you're telling me now <laughs> you haven't been. I, right. As we're getting <laughs> into this. So, let's let's go ahead and get started. Um Okay. Yeah, give us a little bit of background. I know you're from Jersey City. Talk to me about growing up in Jersey City and what that was like.
0: Yeah, I mean, I'm originally from Brooklyn, New York originally, actually. Okay. So I, I lived from in Brooklyn first uh early, now nine, 9 to 10 years of my life. And uh, we moved to Jersey City um, when my mom got married to my dad. Now Um, Jersey City was great, man. Like super. I'm I'm from downtown Jersey City. Um, Going to school, super diverse. Um, You know, the super close to New York City, so we're always going back and forth visiting family, growing up, or just hanging out as a teenager. You know, having New York right there at my fingertips was great. You know, it was dope.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, that's that's interesting because it's quite the contrasting experience that I had. I didn't necessarily grow up in the most diverse area. Um, mm. One of the reasons why I ended up at Rutgers, which is where we met, um, was because I wanted to go somewhere that was a little bit more diverse. Right. Uh, but speaking of Rutgers, you know, we went to Rutgers together. So talk to me about one. How how did you end up deciding to go to Rutgers and, and what you loved about it so much?
0: Yeah. Uh, well, you know, Rutgers wasn't my first choice. So um, I was, I don't know if you know this about me, but I, I did um, JROTC in high school.
1: Oh, I did so, not uh, know that,
0: huh? Yeah, and I was in it, like all about it. And um, all four years of high school, I was in JROTC, moving up, had whatever rank. Um, and I wanted to go to the military for a second. And, um, you know, this was around 2006. So, you know, 9-11 wasn't that far off. And my mother, Jackie, wasn't like nah bro you are not going to the military I don't care how well you're doing in uh, RLTC there will be no West Point there will be none of that so that was dead that was dead quick um and uh you know Rutgers was that happy medium for me it was far enough where I felt like I was going away but I was close enough where mommy felt okay (laughs) and uh I went to Rutgers and it was you know it's funny how life works out. You know, my life would have been completely different if I went to the military. Um, I, I wouldn't be doing what I'm doing now. And I wouldn't have met you. All these things. And, you know, I don't regret anything about going to Rutgers. Rutgers was such a great experience.
1: Yeah, one of the things, and I, I'm a huge Rutgers fan. Mm-hmm. Um, they haven't caught any of my donations yet. but um, No, no, no. I, I'm especially still, not today. <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm, I'm still a big fan. I ended up, yeah. I wouldn't say... Rutgers wasn't necessarily... It was in my top three choices. That's the best way for me to put it. I was picking between, at the time, I think it was Rutgers, Ohio State, and Howard. Um, mm, i, uh-huh. yeah, I down...
0: You know,
1: I've been going to D.C. Uh, all the time growing up. My father would going would always go on work details down in D.C. And so I love the city. I also had an older cousin who was down there. So I had seen the campus. Mm-hmm. And I actually really, really wanted to go it was just financially, we were unsure. And in addition to that, Howard took a really long time to let me know I was accepted to the school. I actually, <laughs> the joke is, I, I at my high school graduation ceremony, we went back home to have a party and there was a big envelope from Howard in the mail. And that's when they were letting me know that I was accepted. And I had already sent mm. my deposit to Rutgers right, right. saying that I was going to go. But I to your point, I think my life would have turned out significantly different if I had gone to Howard Mm -hmm. as opposed to Rutgers. But one of the reasons why uh, I picked Rutgers and I liked it so much was I ended up spending a weekend there uh, for some sort of, I guess, like retreat, some diversity retreat. I can't remember exactly what it was, but I remember meeting other black people and being like, oh, man, this is it. Like This is what I need because I went I lived in a predominantly white town you know I went to predominantly white schools mm-hmm. and a big piece that I was looking for when I was going to college was I wanted something that was more diverse I wanted to be around more black people right. more people of color in general in 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 some kind of capacity so I was fortunate enough to spend my first year in the Paul Robeson special intersection
0: man that was the spot boy yeah
1: saw <laughs> a lot of great people um it actually helped me get on campus work job which is where I ended up meeting you Mm -hmm. down the line but I tell people one of the things I appreciate about Rutgers or one of the many things is even though it's it's still right a predominantly white public institution right Right. but there's a healthy level healthy enough level of diversity where it doesn't necessarily
0: feel doesn't feel like that yeah it felt great man you feel like you could have a bit of everything you know what I'm saying like yes it was like I did want to go to Howard and Howard was late with those acceptance letters. boy. <laughs> let me tell you, cause I got mine too, after Rutgers, I already decided on Rutgers. And, um, but you know, like, like you said, having access to the Paul Robeson floor, I got a little piece of that, you know what I'm saying? And meeting you guys and, you know, all that stuff. And, and then, you know, getting into all the other things you could, you could, if I was uh Latin, they had Latin images, you know, and yeah. all these different clubs and, you can connect to your culture while experiencing the world, you know, and everybody else, you know, it was, it was dope.
1: Yeah. It was, it was a nice melting pot because it exposed you to a lot, but I Mm -hmm. felt like in a very healthy way. Yeah. Right. Like, for example, Latin images, you know, um, we, we obviously got to meet people who lived on that floor. We spent time with them. Mm -hmm. We were able to learn things from them. They were able to learn things from us. And I think a big part of what's missing in a lot of places, particularly in the country is, just that experience, right? A lot of people, there's a saying, right? People fear what they don't understand. And so a big part of why we have so many racial issues and tension is simply because there's a lack of exposure to, to diversity in a way that's healthy. And Rutgers was a really great place for that, for me. You know, I remember going to Bush campus and seeing you know different Asian events going on and I would like run into somebody that I knew mm-hmm. and they'd be like oh come check this out and you know I'd be nervous about it cautious like oh do I really want to go up in here right and, and check this out but they they made it warm mm-hmm. and inviting for me to go in and just kind of see what it was about and then like they'd introduce me to other people and you know people were really nice about it and really cool about it 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 ended up being you know a lot of great experiences that I, had, I think helped translate you know down the line into adulthood absolutely so, yeah. Yeah. I, I one of the many things I appreciate about Rutgers was that, you mm-hmm. know, um, but talk to me. So some of the things that you did at Rutgers, right. What what were some of the things that you were involved in uh, while you were there that you feel yeah. like were really beneficial for you?
0: Whew. Well, you know, we met working at the student center. So, like, you know, coming in as a freshman, I had like one other per- maybe two other people from my graduating class come to Rutgers with me and they were like on Bush or another campus or whatever. So I'm like by myself, you know, and um, I didn't live on a special interest floor. I just lived in a random dorm and, you know, working at the student center, I met so many dope people, you know, like, and you and brother Salim, like, you know, people who I'm going to, I consider friends for life, you know what I'm saying? So like in that regard, you know, just connectivity, being a part of the student center staff was great for me. Um, I also ended up discovering what I want to do for a living at Rutgers. You know, I I went to Rutgers, uh, (laughs) as a business major. So like I took like in high school, like those AP classes or whatever, you know, get your credits ahead of time. I'm taking econ and accounting and all this stuff and I get to Rutgers and it changed everything. You know, it was like by accident even, you know, um, for the people I, I'm a professional singer. And um, I've been doing that for quite a few years, but that all st- I didn't start, you know, a lot of singers start in church or they're little or something like that. I started at like age 19, 20, and it was because of my experiences at Rutgers and who I met, you know.
1: Yeah, spe- specifically Salim, who's obviously not on the pod, For mm-hmm. anybody who doesn't know Salim is my older brother, one of Derek's, like he said, friends for life. And we used to do, we, when we hang out, we would just <laughs> sing together and right. he, honestly salim should probably be on the top of this but he basically should. like so salim and i sing for fun like for sport like it's kind of just something that we do we're okay but by no means are you we don't give yourself give enough credit bro t- album like i can't i can do like some background vocals there you go you know I, mean? I can i can hold a note for a little bit and we'd be singing with Derek, and we'd be like uh now nah, you're in a different class in this family <laughs> you like no, you should actually look at doing this. Like especially Salim. Yeah, Salim I was, like, was like, on like, it. Yeah, like we we dabble in this, but Derek could probably actually do it. Like he, now he actually should do it. Well, so. well, that's
0: how it happened, right? So like <laughs> there was one night I'm putting like I don't know putting chairs away or something at the at the student center, and you know we would play music while we're doing that, and I'm singing you know whatever, and I I would catch Salim looking, and I'm like I ain't, this before I was like cool cool with y'all, so like I'm just we're co-workers. <laughs> So he'd be looking at me. I stop singing, whatever. And um, <laughs> <laughs> when he don't look, I'll be singing again. <laughs> <laughs> oh um, man! So, um, yeah, he uh, eventually he was like, "Dude, you could sing." Like, I think we had at that point we became cool, and we we're singing like "Shy" Ooh, something yeah, like that. Yeah, and, um And eventually, he pulls me aside. He's like, "Yo, sing for me. Let me hear you sing." I'm like. Dude, I ain't singing for you and this student sitting like it out of my face. <laughs> eventually, we became cool. And it must have been some night after like a party. Salim would always have these dope parties at his house. Or we were just chilling. I don't remember. But I know I was drunk. I'll tell you that. And <laughs> I was drunk. And it got my drunk ass to sing. And um, afterwards, he was like, see, I knew you could sing. You should, you should really be doing this. You should really try. Like, he was so supportive about it. He was like there's an audition tomorrow for the Livingston Theater Company. Shout out to the LTC at uh, Rutgers University. It was a theater company, obviously, and they did musicals um, every semester. And he was like, I'm going to audition tomorrow. You should come with me. And Drunk Derek was like, all right, yeah, I'll go audition, whatever. <laughs> and... uh <laughs> That next morning, I sobered up. I'm like, "Yo, what am I doing?" Like, <laughs> but I agreed, and I'm like, "You know, let me let me do this." And I know if I didn't do it, I would have never heard the end of it. So, like, let me let me go ahead and do this. And I went, and I got it. Like, I got the part, whatever it was. And I met all these. Now it, that opened a whole other door and world of Rutgers. You know, it's the theater people, the singers. They Rutgers has this great music program called Mason Gross. I had no idea Rutgers is huge. I'm like, I don't. I didn't even know this existed. Right. And, um, right. you know, I got this musical. Next thing you know, I'm doing musicals every semester. And then I meet a, a guy, another guy, and he's like, you should audition for this acapella group that's on campus called Casual Harmony. And I'm like, ah, another one, like I'm hanging out. Yeah, sure. I'll go to the audition. Right, right. Whatever. <laughs> I go and I sing and I get in the group. And it's like, all right, this is a, this should be a thing, you know. And um, I didn't know I could sing. Uh it was just, you know, you sing to yourself growing up. Well,
1: for the record, Slim and I did audience. We, were, <laughs>
0: they, did, we must knew. have known before Derek did, but go, but listen, go ahead. they knew before my mom did too. I remember she came to camp. I'm like, yeah, I'm in a musical. She was like, What? Like, what do you what do you mean? Like, what are you talking about? Yeah, you should come. It blew her mind. Like, when did this happen? It was just one of those things, like, what should you know, everything happens for a reason. And what's meant to be will be. And I went in not at all music was not on my radar i loved music i always loved music but singing was never a thing and then next thing you know i'm doing all the singing everywhere right you
1: know? right right yeah i re- I remember kind of watching that transformation happen at Rutgers, and it was it's you know i got a, i got a, a bunch of funny ltc stories it was really like i don't know if people have seen high school musical and we'd be at a party <laughs> like a typical college party and i don't know where people just start humming something nonsense and just singing out of nowhere, right. like you saying, Hey, how's the weather? And they're like, da, 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 da. And I'm like, all right, so are we gonna have a conversation? Or y'all, just right. gonna keep... y'all just gonna perform. Because then once one person starts, all of a sudden it's like seven people in the back come out and like everybody gets in the formation and starts singing a whole mm-hmm. song in the middle of a conversation. It's like, all right, okay, like uh, what's going on that's here? It. Like, what's happening?
0: That's that's how it was <laughs> legit. High school musical break out into a full performance in a basement party. It's like why right. why are we doing this? What, where's I'm the beer pong like, table What what is happening i'm like
1: i just i just want to chill and talk like, <laughs> right. I, I can hit a couple of notes but i'm not trying to be up in here Belton. performing for nobody right. i'm trying to party
0: <laughs> listen you, we couldn't stop they could not be stopped
1: so so you started doing you started you said you, there was an acapella group that you joined yeah. on campus right so so talk to me about the transition for you from okay i'm doing this in college it's a thing I really, really enjoy. To okay, I want to pursue mm-hmm. this at a at a different level when I graduate. Like, what, what happened? You graduate, you know, what kind of right? happens from that?
0: Um, so, to go back a little bit, I, I went to school for, uh, majored in business. You know, originally, um, accounting things like that. Um, this music thing got a hold of me, so I switched my. But I was, um, I also was uh, minoring in psychology. So um, I switched it. I, I, I ended up randomly taking a communication class. And I was like, oh, a lot of these um, ideas and concepts are just named something different uh, between psychology and communication, at least at that level. So it's like, okay, I can manage this. Um, maybe I'll switch to communication and keep my minor in psych and it'll kind of like overlap. And I can like focus on music a little bit. Next thing you know, I ended up double majoring in communication and psychology and picked up a minor in music because I just wanted to do more music, you know? Right. Um, right, right. And then it came graduation time. And as I'm, uh, towards the end of my senior year, uh, there was this touring production, small production of Rent, the musical. And I had done Rent at Rutgers a couple of years pr- uh, pr- prior uh, with the LTC And uh, my roommate, uh, who I still sing with to this day, J. Aaron Boykin, he um, said, oh, we should audition for this because he was in Rent. He played Collins and I played Benny when we did it in college. I'm like, oh, yeah, let's do it. We auditioned. This is before college ended. And we got those parts. I ended up being Benny. He ended up being Collins again. Oh, wow. Yeah. And it just kind of happened. Like, you know, I got that gig and I didn't even think about getting a job or applying for a job like I graduated I knew when we graduated May I knew in August I was going to start rent so I just did it you know and then next also while that's happening while rent is happening um, a professional acapella group a spot opened up in that called Duende and Aaron got in Duende when we were in college six-person professional acapella group and um, one of their guys was leaving and a spot opened up and Aaron was like you should you should like audition for this. So I I did that, got into Wendy. So now I have two gigs lined up out of college. So I never really looked back, you know, like I, you know, when you first graduate, you do pick up the odd jobs. Like, you know, I was a barista while I sang and, and then I worked at a restaurant or whatever. And then slowly as the years went on, I'm just picking up more and more work and I'm getting, you know, now I'm building a name for myself in New York city. I'm able to push how much I'm, You know, I'm noticing and recognizing my worth and pushing that envelope. So how much will I ask for when I take this gig? Or hourly, if you want me to come and sing at your event, this is what it looks like. So I've been able to position myself um, to not need a job anymore. You know, I've been singing professionally professionally full-time for at least five years full-time. and But I had been singing all the while and just picking up, like, quick little... You know, I worked part time at Apple for a little bit. Barely worked, you know, and just just to keep it flowing. And then once I was ready to take that leap, I t- I took that full time leap, and I haven't looked back.
1: Wow, so that's amazing. So it it kind of feels like you just kind of fell into what you're doing now, absolutely. And and it it took off from there, and you've never looked back. That's amazing. So so if let's say I'm I'm a first time not a first time singer, but somebody who's looking to 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 get into music right professionally as a singer like is there a a strategy Mm. or is there a a way to go about it or is it just kind of you find gigs audition hope they stick Mm -hmm. network word of mouth like like how how would that work
0: it's a little bit of all of that right so you do have to do the auditions i remember when i did rent um the original one of the original actors in the original musical came to talk to us uh freddie walker brown and she came and said your job is not on stage your job is to audition that is your job so even when you have a gig you should be auditioning and you should be working towards your audition like and that stuck with me it's not about that moment in that gig it's like chasing that next one always so um you know as, as far as a strategy goes it is showing up you know being ready auditioning trying you know you you gotta try like so many t- it's so easy to fall into a rut and just say i'm talented so it'll happen and in some cases, sometimes things do fall in your lap. For me, it did, you know, at certain points. But you have to be proactive. You do have to network. There are a lot of talented people who no one knows, you know, and there are people who are less talented who everyone knows because they networked or they knew someone or they showed up. You know, there's a lot it's a lot more, unfortunately, than just the talent of singing.
1: So when you talk about preparing, right, and, and that preparation process for mm-hmm. you, what does that look like in terms of, let's say you have a big show or you're going on a tour, like you, like you do cruise tours, yeah. right? So, like, what sort of preparation do you do personally to, to put yourself in the optimal vocal mm-hmm. position, right? Like, like, what sort of exercises do you do?
0: Sheesh. You know, I'm still trying to figure that out, man. Like, it's, <laughs> it, 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 <laughs> as far as exercises go, <laughs> there's so many different ways to do it. You know, like, for me, I like to just sing. Like, and just go for it. I always call it breaking the wall. Like I'll, I'll like go and people probably don't advise this. So don't do what I'm saying. But (laughs) for me, (laughs) I like to, you know, I'll warm up a little bit lip trills and then I'll just go for it throughout the day. If I know I have a gig at like nine o'clock, you know, the afternoon I'm going over my music. I'm actually singing it. Like I want to sing it on stage, like full out, you know, figuring it out, take a break and then I'll take a break. And then by the time I come back again, I'm, I'm okay. That just works for me. Um, as far as, like, the cruise ship stuff, that's a whole nother beast um, just in that it's – you're traveling. So for uh, – let me give some back story. Um, a friend of mine had an idea to start a guest entertainer group and talk about more things falling into your lap. I had no idea about guest entertainment on cruise ships. To me, cruise ships was just a vacation thing. I didn't – never on my radar – and he, uh, when he was younger, was a member of a cast on a cruise ship. So he learned about okay. all these things. His name's Joel Walker. And um, so he was a member of the cast. And he, you know, with them, they're on the ships for six months, nine months at a time. And But they're entertainers who come and go to give variety to the guests, right? So they're called guest entertainers. Right. They're technically, they, they're guests. They're on the guest manifest. They have guest privileges. But they fly on, they do their show, and they leave. And Joel had the idea to start something like that. So me, him, and a good friend of mine, Bradford, created this um, trio called Uptown. And Uptown is about, it's it's loosely based around the Apollo Theater and all the acts that came through. So it's it's not just a concert, yeah. it's more of a show. So we're telling a little story. We start from Motown. We work our way all the way up to Bruno Mars. And we just give a little brief history of the African-American experience at the Apollo theater and music and soul music and things like that. Um, so we created that. And now we're able to just travel like constantly. So we have, we've been at this for four years up until or three and a half up until the pandemic. And we literally were going nonstop. So I'd, I'd fly out. I do a week on a cruise ship. I come home for a week. I'll fly out. I'll do a four days on a cruise ship. I'll come home for two weeks back and forth for three plus years. And that was the most challenging gig for me because I got a taste of what it is like to be on tour, like a long, never-ending freaking tour. And um, mm-hmm. in the past, you know, yeah. I've done my acapella group. We did little tours, little stints. We'll go to Japan. We'll go to Indonesia, whatever. But it was always like a couple of weeks. This has been like three and a half years of work and I know why tours don't last three and a half years. <laughs> you know, your <laughs> artists are going tour for your favorite artist going to a for a year, maybe two. And then they take like two years off because yeah. you can't maintain that. Like it's singing is it's a muscle. You know, it's it's like working out. You can't expect an athlete to perform at its highest, his highest level forever, like all the time. LeBron James needs a, a break. The, the season ends, yeah. the playoffs end they go away for a minute and then they come back. You know what I'm saying? You can't right. constantly right. go. So that was a hard lesson, a hard pill to swallow and a hard lesson to learn. Um, So in that regard, there's no prep for that. <laughs> I, I needed this. And honestly, the pandemic, sorry, I'm running my mouth here. The pandemic it's has okay. been um such a blessing for me. And, you know, I'm trying to find the silver lining in it. Of course, a lot of people are suffering and, and things like that. But from my experience, personally, I was able to sit home sit my ass down forced right, right. break and I needed it <laughs> right. from a, a mental a physical emotional standpoint like I needed a freaking break and time at home with my now fiance and and all these things so it's been it's been scary but nice
1: yeah 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 so so I mean it certainly sounds like you've been able to experience a lot not even just in the three and a half years of doing cruise touring, but before that. Mm. So what what would you say have been some of your biggest or best perks um, having this career that you have mm. now? Like, what have you either gotten or seen or been able to do just because you're, you're a part right. of this uh, profession?
0: You know, I'm so blessed to be able to do this. I've been able to see so much of the world. Just off of singing some songs, bro. Like, you know, like, right. it's such a blessing. My One of my our, my first big trips, uh, my acapella group, Duende, we booked the Java Jazz Festival in Indonesia, Jakarta, Indonesia. And it's this big festival. They do it annually. I don't know how we got this gig, but at the time, <laughs> at the time, our YouTube was really blowing up. So, like, we were doing Michael Jackson covers on youtube and this was early youtube when you can go viral naturally and um mm-hmm. blew up perez hilton's posting about us it, jermaine dupree next thing you know where we could book this gig and we're spending a week in jakarta and we get there and i'm looking at this bill of who's performing at this thing it's herbie hancock erica badu stevie oh, wonder wow. uh, modesty martin and wood all these huge acts and Duende it's like how I don't know how this happened (laughs) and we're staying at this uh, incredible hotel hotel which is like super however many star resort kind of thing and I'm having breakfast sitting next to Dave Kaz a saxophone famous jazz saxophone player he's like hey Derek what's going on like it was like experiences like that where it's like I don't know how I ended up here but I'm I'm taking it all in you know and, right. um, right, right, right. you know, we've done many tours in Japan, we've been to Amsterdam, um, and uptown is a whole nother experience where I'm seeing, I've been to Italy, uh, Italy, I've been to Scotland, of, all around the Caribbean, of course, with cruise ships, you know how that goes and Alaska and yeah, things like yeah, that. It's yeah. just like, I couldn't have imagined that I, I've traveled so much just off of doing what I love. You know, and I'm getting paid to show up to these places. Right,
1: right. There is money here. Compensation.
0: (laughs) Man, it's like such a blessing.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so give me the the, the top two places that you've been to internationally. Mm. Like where have you been that you were just like, this is amazing. I I can't believe I'm here. Hands down,
0: Tokyo. Tokyo, Japan. Everybody needs to go. They got it figured out over there, man it's 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 a huge bustling, especially um you know in the in the main city, it's a bustling city, all these things, and it's clean and they're kind, yeah, and yeah. they're helpful and they not pushy, like you know, like so patient, and you know if you're lost and you need help or something like so willing to help, you know, it's just like i hadn't i wasn't expecting that, I guess when I went into it. I'm I'm a New Yorker, so it's like uh, I'm in a city. Let me, you know, keep my head down on my business, and but people are like, you know, <laughs> right. you drop a, a glove or something, and they chase you for two blocks to give it to you, you know, that kind of thing. Where it's just like, whoa, like oh, this wow. is wow, this is so dope, and it's beautiful. I mean, you know, it's it's a sight to see. It makes Times Square look like nothing, you know. Um, so Tokyo, Amsterdam is a dope experience for all the reasons. Yeah. I- <laughs> you know yeah
1: Amsterdam man I so my cousin and I ended up going to Europe together and our last stop mm-hmm. was amsterdam and looking back I wish first of all I'm definitely gonna go I'm definitely gonna go again gotcha. at some point but I definitely we would have spent I think we only spent like a day and a yeah. half there maybe and and I was like man we could spend, we could mm-hmm. stay here a whole week Amsterdam's and, so dope um, yeah we didn't even get to do any day tours or or really experience it like we wanted to. Um, but the little that we did, I was like, this place yeah. is amazing. I, I highly encourage everybody to, and I'll do a travel episode at some oh, point, but idea. seeing the world, yeah, seeing the world is definitely worth your while. If you, if can, you can,
0: yeah, man. Right. And like, you know, we we're so, it's so easy to spend money on, like, things, right? But a flight is not, you know, it, it depends on where you're going, of course, but you can save for a flight if you could save for some some shoes or a bag. You could you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like you can have an experience.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. And 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 those things that, that bag or those shoes, and not to say that you, you can't or shouldn't right. spend money on those things, but they may give you a level of joy. But the experience in and of itself, being able like like we're doing right now, being able to mm-hmm. reflect on it is something that's almost right. priceless, it is. right? And 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 it also gives you an opportunity to just learn and expose yourself to places and things that are completely Mm -hmm. different and oftentimes out of your comfort zone
0: and that's where we should be right which
1: cost you yeah which (laughs) you would think but you know America, all that but it's it's in my opinion it's very healthy to challenge yourself to think differently from what Mm -hmm. you're used to you know what i mean like whatever you kind of have have grown to assume is the general thought when you do things like travel, especially if you immerse yourself in local culture and, and see local things, it really challenges that. And overall, I think it's a very healthy so, thing to do. It's
0: so important. You know what I'm saying? Like like you said, getting outside of that comfort zone, that's another thing that has to do with singing in, in my life. If I'm comfortable, if I'm feeling comfortable, I need to shake up out of it because you have to keep pushing. Um, f- For me, yeah. it's like, I have to take that audition that I don't feel comfortable. I feel underqualified for because what's the worst that could happen? I don't get it. Right. Okay, keep moving. And for right. traveling and experiences, it's like, what what's the worst that could happen? I mean, I guess there are some bad things that could happen <laughs> from traveling, now that I say that. But, 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 but right, generally, generally <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You're going to have a life experience and you're going to experience cultures that you would have never otherwise come across. You know, that just adds to your character and like you said, your experiences and stories you're able to tell. Yeah, man, it's
1: it's it, and it's also just great when you run into somebody like I remember when we were in Paris, me and my cousin and I met some and I met somebody who this this woman had been all over the world, except for America. Oh, wow. And it, it was just so fascinating talking to her about a place that I'm completely mm-hmm. familiar with. Right. But then also she's been she had been to like 70 other places and and sixty seven of them right. I had like, no
0: idea. This what country?
1: Yeah, right. like and she's like, oh, you can do this here, and I'm I'm sitting there learning, and I'm like, man, it it felt like as much as I have been exposed to in my limited traveling experience, there was so much more that I just yeah. didn't, and it, it right. was really humbling. What's your favorite honestly. place that you've been to? Man, um, definitely mm-hmm. Amsterdam is is up there. Saint, Saint Martin is is I I think I want to retire there if, <laughs> yeah. I can, if I can at some point and then um South Korea wow. I've been there Yeah my I was fortunate enough my cousin was stationed out there and I went to go see him for a week and mm. it was amazing I I loved every minute of it and it was also helpful that he had been there I believe for it was coming on two years so he had gotten acclimated enough to where he could yeah. show me around um you know we could go hang out we did some things i met some of the locals that he had gotten to know their food was amazing yeah. by the way like uh may wow. zing i couldn't believe it but yeah i I would definitely say those two um would oh those three i should say i guess i st martin South korea and south korea yeah um, but i mean there's so many places that i Hell i yeah, want to go
0: that, that's i miss traveling no. i really do like for a while it was cool like all right i'm, I'm home i can rest you know do some things i can play playstation yeah i mean whatever <laughs> but now it's like i'm, I'm getting that itch yeah. again you know like ah oh, i haven't been to an airport you know like i used to live at the airport you know so yeah
1: man yeah weird. man for sure Matter of fact, speaking of traveling, is, is there anywhere where you would say in the states that you still want to go states? to that you haven't been? Yeah,
0: I've been to a lot of different states. Um, uh, you know, I've been very fortunate. <laughs> like, where have it I, I? What's like on my list? Um, I'll tell you. Oh, you! Oh, you've been everywhere. I've been, been everywhere. The Okay, states a lot. A lot, a lot. But you know, I I will say I love the places I love in the states, um, for different reasons. I love California specifically. I really enjoy when I'm in LA, um, a lot. Um, so much so that I really do consider living there very often. I was super close to living there actually before the pandemic.
1: Oh yeah, that's right. I, mean, I was on my
0: wild. way out, but um, you know, I had to pump the brakes on that. Um, right what do I like? What do I like? What do I like? Uh Colorado's beautiful. Um
1: Yeah, I I've never been to um I'm a huge there's like five or six cities specifically I wanna get to mm-hmm. that I haven't been to in, Denver, and Denver yeah, yeah, yeah. is on that list. Um it's I say it's Denver for me, New oh, Orleans. Bro. I technically I technically was in New Orleans when I was a baby, so I don't. It not really count. I did a
0: gig uh, in Mardi during Mardi Gras, bro.
1: Oh man, don't! Oh my god, I don't, man. Do? Every, hey, listen,
0: <laughs> I did it. I I won't do it again because it was a lot, <laughs> but <laughs> I'm glad I experienced it. I wish, you know, if mm, I'm just moving a little slower these days, I don't need all that. I don't need all that in my life <laughs> is what I'm saying.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. now definitely I would say New mm. Orleans for me. Um Houston, deck, Texas. Yeah. Uh um, Dallas I've never been. The only the only place in Texas I've been to was Austin, mm. which was amazing. Uh I loved it. I didn't realize how progressive of a yeah. city it was. A, a lot of people a lot of people from the north have this generalization about Texas where it's all just conservative and, <laughs> right. you know i got to and this i was like right. oh this is this is extremely different from my jaded ignorant perception that i yeah a little, a little surprise you, right years.
0: but that's what happens when you travel you know it, it opens up you know a lot yeah
1: of and i would say seattle washington just just because um i've been all through california yeah, I mean that's pretty much it. There's there's a there are not too many cities left in the country that I'm like, I absolutely want to get to that I haven't been. Right. Which, which is I a mean, blessing. Well so traveled. That. That's yeah. That is great. But getting back to 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 Texas and traveling and experiencing things, I wanted to mm, switch. Switch, gears it up, a little bit. switch it up, young man. Switch it up. And and get into politics just okay. a little bit. So We Mm. had an election recently. Right. So so what are your thoughts on the election results? And then, you know, how do you kind of see us attempting Mm. to move forward? Right. What is what what are your thoughts? You know,
0: this this granted, we haven't we're young, so we haven't been able to partake in a lot of elections. Right. From a voter standpoint. You know, the first time I voted was Obama in college, his first term. So, um, you know, this time around, it's so different, you know, it's, it's not even about fully for me, policies and, and politics. This one was more about human decency, you know, and, you know, especially as a black man in this country and, you know, the experiences that I have had, this was different, you know, um, right, and all that led up to it, man. Like the pandemic and all of these blatant murders in the streets, and 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 protest yeah. and and people speaking out. You know, both sides speaking out. Um, a whole, lot, <laughs> a of whole that, lot of that. You know, it's it's lot. it was so such a stressful period between like March and couple weeks ago, <laughs> you know?
1: Yeah, it, it's ironically enough, you know, March was when the pandemic kind of mm-hmm. really started to take off. And it's also when George, right. George Floyd's murder. We're him.
0: all home and, and we're all on our phones and we can he, all see it, you know?
1: Well, I think, you know, and I've talked about this, uh, I think on other pods and also just uh, with people in general, but I believe one of the reasons why there was this large outpouring of, you know emotion and and support and and protest was because we were in a state where there wasn't anything else right. to really distract you exactly from that video right if, if the country was running you know pre-pandemic you have sports you mm-hmm. have music you have you know all these entertainment you have all these other avenues to grab your attention to keep you right. from being able to focus on this horrific, violent act, but because everything was, for the most part, you in some level it. of shutdown, it was like... And then on top of that, you know, a lot of times when these incidents occur, the videos are mm-hmm. fuzzy or there's there's inconsistent shots and you don't get to see the whole thing and right. therefore people poke holes in the story as opposed to this incident. It was, nope, here's a video, mm-hmm. you see the entire incident, there's nothing that stands in the way, right. and there it is. And so... I, I think that's a tremendous part of why we saw such an outpouring of support Absolutely. in protests. Um, and I think, you know, getting back to the the election piece, it's interesting because Obama's election was the first time that I was able to vote, too. I just missed the cutoff. I was 17 when I believe it was Bush who ran against John Kerry at the time. And I was still 17, so I couldn't vote in that election. So I was a junior when, when mm-hmm. Obama's uh first turn came around and I had heard about him because I'm from Illinois mm-hmm. and as is he, and that's a, not where he's from, but that's where he spent some of his political time. And so people that kind of yeah. told me about him before he ran, and they were like, Hey, this guy, Obama out of Illinois. I think he's got a shot. And, and, you know, me being a 20 year old black kid, you know, in, in the height of my stuff college college career, It's like, oh, there's a a brother running who's actually got a shot at winning. I'm voting for him. You don't, You don't ought to ask me. I don't care what he's talking about unless he's, as long as he's not talking about something crazy, right? He's got my vote. And then, of course, you hear him speak,
0: right? And it's like, this is it.
1: (laughs) This is it. This is this is this is for us. This is this is our moment. And I remember that the outpouring of just love and support. From people who wanted him to win because yeah. there were a lot of people but who didn't. But being on campus um, that
0: day or that night when it came, oh my God, Yeah. Bro. It was so uh. That's something I'll never forget.
1: It, yeah. I, I yeah. legit shed a tear like at some point in the night when it was announced that he finally won because, you know, you would have asked some of our grandparents if they thought right. they'd ever see a black president, no, they would have right. probably they said no, right? Like, You know, it just, it just, he was able to, to show something that was possible for us that previously a lot of folks had never thought was, and, and, you know, there's a lot of things that people, does. a lot of, I don't want to say division, but people have a lot of different thoughts about Mm -hmm. Obama, and I I understand that, that, I get it, that's That's everyone, right, nobody is above criticism, nobody is above, you know, being looked at critically, any of that, but just The having that, um, having him in that office does a lot for a lot of people. And it has done a lot for a lot of people. And and so for that, I'm absolutely thankful.
0: And Um, you know, like that, you know, I think it's also, I don't know the word for it, but it's silly to think that you have to love everything about the person that you're voting for. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's, it's not realistic. Yeah, like, you know, and we it. all have passed. We all have made mistakes in our careers or not. And, you know, no one's perfect. You know what I'm saying? Um, And, and I, that that always hangs me up when people are so critical, especially leading up to this election of, oh, well, K- Kamala said this or or Biden did that. It's like, let's really zoom out here.
1: <laughs> let's look <laughs> at this. You know yeah, what I'm saying? Like,
0: yeah, it's, it's, I don't Go ahead. What are you saying?
1: I now now I was just gonna say, you know, for me, I'm very, I've become very sensitive to black people, especially although this includes anybody, but black people who are hypercritical of other black people, right? Like as soon as black person X says this, if there's a there's a Mm -hmm. a thirty page think piece breaking down all the flaws, cancel them, cancel what they've
0: said. Like, come on, man.
1: Yeah, and, and not that anybody is above reproach or above being, right. again, held accountable for something. Well, we don't hold everyone accountable uh, for
0: everything. This, That's the problem.
1: Yeah, and and this this dismissive nature yeah. is a bit troubling. Um, And I'll be candid, you know, this cancel culture, the cancel culture when Black folks were doing it, you know, because well, we, we set the culture in a lot of ways, a lot of different things in society. So it was cool. Once it kind of leaked out and went everywhere else, Extreme. I was like, all right, well, here we go. Right that, right, that was That's cool. also extreme you thinking know? you know what now I'm saying it. and
0: it goes beyond critical thinking it's just like oh we canceling them I, right. like what do you know what happened fully like did you look at that goes with a lot of things not just cancel culture but like do your own research you know like it, it, we're so quick to just jump on any bandwagon yeah. because it's easy you know
1: yeah yeah it's it's a we've become a mm-hmm. very microwave and and go Society in a lot of different ways, and it, this probably makes oh, us
0: sound we old are. saying this
1: because. <laughs> nah, you know, we young I don't am old. <laughs> i got. I got. Don't do that. Don't rub your hair like because you, but, but cause you got hair. School. Don't
0: do that. That was disrespectful. <laughs> Y'all saw that. <laughs> this man rubbing his luscious locks.
1: <laughs> nah, they not. Thankfully, thankfully they not gonna they're not gonna see my hair looking looking a, a little crazy. This one, it's not looking oh my my, my a perfect best, but yeah, I think you know. It's it's to your point, thinking critically, it, yeah. there's a very large gap now when it comes to that, right? And I'm guilty of this too, just like anybody else. You see a headline, something that's clickbait, you click it on it, it's like, What's <laughs> what? it. I said this? And then you read four lines, and then you just mm-hmm. think, Oh, this person's terrible, but then you don't read right. the rest. And of you the spread contact. those four
0: lines over and oh, over four. again. And that's all then that's the only dot, yeah. dot dialogue. It's just you just spreading a script, you know, like
1: Right, right. It's interesting because I've tried to hone on this more as time has gone on. When I hear somebody say something in particular, I I just like to ask them a question or two about it, right? Like, hey, what makes you think Mm -hmm. that, right? Just to hear, you know, what their thoughts are. Because if they can't give you anything else, then you know, they they don't either, one, actually believe this, or if they do, they actually didn't spend any level of time to kind of think about it and look at it a little bit more critically, you know. And and what I've noticed is a lot of people will instantly either mm-hmm. just attack you or try to right. change the subject, yeah. like <laughs> completely to something else. And it's like, okay, so we're not going to deal with what mm-hmm. we were talking about just now. Okay, we're going to flip to something else. Right. Oh, okay, I'm not going to waste my cool. breath
0: either because what, yeah, what's the point, you know? Yeah,
1: right, right. But it'll be interesting as as Biden and Harris kind of not kind of but once they're sworn in and and what that first six 30 60 90 mm-hmm. days look like and and obviously there's two you know um Senate seats that are runoffs in Georgia that will be um critical into how much of their plans and ideas they can right. and are able to implement um, but having have him having won the presidency it, it I don't want to say it gives a tremendous level of hope but I think at the le- at the very least, for the people who supported him and voted for him, myself included, we take Bro, one kind of collective side, sigh of.
0: We needed that sigh, man. Whoo. I needed that fucking sigh. Excuse my yeah. German. <laughs> and and, and... <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
1: and I, you know, and and again, not to say that right, I, there are things that Biden has done that I've been very critical of in the past, but I just can't wake up every day Bro. to the tweets and the crazy and the nonsense and, and it's not even just that for me it's this level of acceptance that has somehow been mm-hmm. inherited because of it right like it's perfectly okay for the commander in chief to conduct himself in this manner and not only are they people love okay it. with it they love it it's empowering them to them
0: you know it's like well if he look at him he has the mo- he's the most powerful man and he has this position of course I'm going to go in Walmart and raise hell you know it's like right, right, I'm gonna act right.
1: if, if he can do it, uh-huh. why can't I do it? yeah, so so, kind of pivoting a little bit, um we've seen this tremendous outpouring of support, like we said from mm-hmm. the George Floyd uh, murder, but specifically yeah, with yeah. the Black Lives Matter movement, right? So what does the empowerment of black people look like to Derek?
0: Man. <laughs> what does the empowerment of black people look like to derek
1: yeah so so like for me you know empowerment means empowerment means more representation right in leadership circles yeah. in um economic circles and financial sectors right um empowerment means Actual unveiling and dealing with the scars and mm. issues of racism and you know, um, you know what 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 has culminated in a lot of challenges for Black people since then, stuff like that. So what what does that look like to Derek?
0: You know, that's so. I mean, I, I representation is always everything. You know what I'm saying? Just as a any Black cool black dude actor singer uh, like you said a politician a young barack obama coming up you like latch on to that energy you know what i'm saying it, it is you know we talk about the bad empowerment that's the good kind of empowering you know what i'm saying especially when you don't come from right you don't have that right in front of you all the time to see it it's like something to hope was that obama hope or that dream um but as far as like the true healing facts are this country is built. On a lot of shit, <laughs> you know what I'm saying. <laughs> and in order to actually heal, yeah. it's like therapy, right? You have to do some heavy lifting. You got to get through some hard stuff, self reflection, and not, you know what I'm saying. And it's it's something yeah. that we, if we want to live in that perfect world, would have to do, you know. But it's it's gonna. It's, we're just at the beginning, you know what I'm saying. And and it's it's a great time. Like you said, all the outpouring of support for Black Lives Matter, I commend the these young this young generation, you know, like they're so vocal and even and not just black you know young white kids who are defiant to their parents of like, this is wrong, you know, and like, no, like I'm not gonna get down with this, you know what I'm saying like it's starting now. You know and it's because it was in a, a position this happened in a way where it was undeniable like it's in front of everyone's face some people didn't have we know this you know we're, we grow up as young black boys like hey hey when you go in that store keep your hands make sure they can see you don't don't do this you know what I'm saying like make sure don't touch nothing da, da, da. like that's like yeah. what we're raised on but these little white kids they don't know like you know this is their world they grow up and they touch and they lay on the floor and they do all these things and then to see finally like oh this is not everyone's experience this is it's different right and for them to right. not be afraid to speak up man i commend them you know um all of these kids they're so vocal online and you know it's its really helped drive what we need in the direction that we need to go um yeah
1: it, it'll be interesting one of the many challenges the um Democratic Party in particular has is you have all these different factions uh, of people who have different ideas yeah. of how the party should move right. forward, right? You have progressive, liberal, oh centrist, conservative, all that. And so there's got to be a level of you know, coming together, bringing together to, to form a level of cohesion as to how to move forward. I think, you know, I mean, it, and let me be clear, a, a big part of the Black Lives Matter movement and people's outpouring of protests right. wasn't necessarily just for George Floyd. Or other incidents and crimes that have happened against black people, right? A lot of right? people are just and they're seeing it for the how first the government time. functions <laughs> <laughs> how a lot of them. Yeah. Exactly. And they're they're you know, one of I think the the few positives of having Trump in office is people have been able to see all of these these issues and problems with how government conducts itself. And people have really just been putting a lot of attention and energy into trying to understand mm-hmm. what the flaws are, what the issues are and all that. And so there's been this this massive outpouring of people who just yeah. want to see government run differently, which is great, right? But you know, if there's anything with yeah. government, it's very confusing.
0: There's so many. There's layers. a lot of yeah.
1: different layers to it, uh, and it's there's you know, where do you start, right? Like where's right. the starting? Same point? thing I for the know, uh, but, like what you asked um, me
0: with the um the black experience and like what does that look like, you know, and how how can we move forward? How can we it's it's so complicated and it's so complex, you know, and there's a lot uh, it's it's just yeah. gonna take we have to want to do the work. We I don't just mean black people, everybody wants to has to want to do the work. And I think now more than ever, a lot of people do. Yeah. And you know, but it's we're just yeah at the tip of the iceberg, yeah. as they say, I think.
1: Yeah. Nah, absolutely, absolutely. And and as as much as you know r- racism can't i don't believe that ne- racism can necessarily be, necessarily be solved but i believe we can get to a position where it's addressed in a much more right. healthy and positive way than it is now right a lot of even companies and corporations now it's great that there's this you know outpouring mm-hmm. of quote-unquote support but it can feel there can right? it can feel hollow in some ways because I could Derek, I could tell you, you know, I let's say I beat women for a living. I could tell you I'm gonna <laughs> right. stop beating Did
0: women, you say you beat women for a living?
1: <laughs> if if too much, Yeah, it's I'm just saying like that could be is. me, you know what I mean? And then like <laughs> you know.
0: <laughs> yeah. And, but in all stop, seriousness, right. I
1: could say I'm gonna I'm gonna do better with it, but then you know, I never do. I just go back to to mm-hmm. repeating the same terrible habits that I had all the time. And and you know? so yeah, where's the accountability, where's the actual plan to address you know, the issue I don't know for necessarily mm-hmm. seeing that as of yet, um, mm-hmm. but the race is long, and like our predecessors we're going to have to continue yeah. to fight you know, um, we we just don't have a choice, but you know, it's the burden that is placed on us and, and mm-hmm. of many, and
0: right, you know, that's just we what we stay, have to do stay on it, man, you know
1: yeah. But listen, I you know, I I, I want to thank you for you know your time coming Hell out yeah. with me this morning. I really appreciate it. I really wanted to just give you an opportunity to talk about any projects or, Hell yeah. or any the groups that you're in. Shout out them out, sure. out um, them or anything like that. Thank you like again that.
0: for having me, bro. I'm I'm really proud of you and this this platform that you're creating for yourself and you're doing your damn thing. Hell yeah, man. I uh, thanks, man. Uh, I, love I appreciate to see you win I love I to see it, bro. Um as far as me. I'm singing, still singing these songs. Somebody got to sing these songs, so might as well be me. Um, <laughs> I have a few projects going on at once. Um, my acapella group, Duende, I'm still going with them. We actually have, um, we're starting to release original music. So I told you before, we did a lot of covers in years past. And now we're finally doing original music, which is something that the group used to do before I joined. And, um, so we're working on some R&B, okay. soul, hip-hop, pop mix All acapella, all voices. You can check us out at duwende.com. That's D-U-W-E-N-D-E. We got two singles out on YouTube, two music videos, and we got a lot coming in the new year. Um, My other project, Uptown, which is... um, Started as a cruise ship stuff. We're starting to do more work on land and creating a brand for ourselves on there. So you could check us out at uptownofficial.com. We also have a video on YouTube. So if you just search Derek Leonard Uptown or Derek Lenard Duende, um, you should be able to find it. Um, but yeah, stay tuned for that Duende album coming next year. I'm gonna keep showing up. You know what I mean? Okay. I'm trying to come back okay. on this podcast. You know what I mean? This this I like this, man. I'm gonna do it again. <laughs> Shoot.
1: Listen, man, I'm I'm all for it. You know, people, anybody who knows me knows I like to talk, so I might as well just you know get the mic and play and get to it.
0: it. Do not stop, please. (laughs) Yeah.
1: I appreciate it, man. Listen, thank you for your time. Many blessings. I can't wait till we can actually do regular stuff, like go have a drink somewhere. Not like that Thursday (sighs) that we had a while back. The world wasn't ready for that just yet. We
0: tried, (laughs) we tried our best.
1: <laughs> I I was not ready, but but in all seriousness, I can't wait till we can we can go out and and celebrate life in, in the manner that we used to
0: pre pandemic. Oh, yeah, so man. I look Thank forward you so to much it, for having man. me. Appreciate you, Young Lloyd. And listen, you go. <laughs> I need you to feature on one of my albums. All right, next time I do something, I need to hit on vocals.
1: Oh man, really? <laughs> let me let me go get in the shower now and get my vocals together. Listen it's it's the summer oh, hol- you, voice you know christmas interpretations i walked in the door yesterday and my Damn girlfriend right. was like really and i'm like you've been yep. playing that since
0: july oh, you know it you know that's mind. your album <laughs> Damn right. oh
1: man you're not wrong you're, you're not right. wrong <laughs> but, right, absolutely man, man. We'll, thank we'll you talk-